Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 76 of the Citrix Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I've got uh, Mr. Bill Sutton with us from Zintegra, um, the leader of our, our fearless leader of consulting. Bill, how's it going? Going great, Andy. How are you? Good. I know we were on our management call this morning, and and uh, we had a busy week last week. We got a little shuffle when we found out a customer needed a GovCloud, the Citrix version, yeah. and the Azure version, uh, and that never was brought up during the scoping part. Uh that was quite the uh, revelation, I guess. Uh, it pretty much was, yep. So uh, we think we've got it ironed out now, but um, it'll take a little bit of work with on um, the Citrix side to get it buttoned up. But I think we've got a plan now. We should probably do a podcast that covers the Citrix side of Gov and, and that part of the business in terms of um, the, the Citrix. What, what, what do you, Ben? Ben Rogers, the sales engineer local here. Ben, what do you guys call the Gov version of Citrix Cloud? Uh, Andy, I'll be real honest with you. I have limited uh, experience with our government cloud offerings, but if I had to make a guess, I think it's it's a uh, Citrix government cloud. That's right. I've heard I've heard I've heard a few SEs talk about it, and to be real honest with you, I think it's the difference of whether it's an encrypted environment or not an encrypted environment, isn't it, Bill? It's I think it, that's part of it, but it it actually comes down to it's running on Azure government, I believe. Um, which is Azure's government cloud certified. Uh, and then there's all kinds of policies and procedures that go around it too, from various certifications that the federal government requires. Uh, you know what, I'll, after this, I'll go find us a blog on that and we'll make it one of the next things we review. Just look for FedRAMP. FedRAMP, yeah. FedRAMP. So guys, we have uh, Eric Kinney with us. Eric uh, has been on before. Eric has a new blog or fairly new blog. It's been out for a week or two or three now called How Geofencing from Citrix Analytics for Security Protects Your Data. Eric, how's it going? It is going great. Uh, thanks again for having me on, Andy. I really appreciate it. Eric, has anything changed? What's your What's your role at Citrix as of today? <laughs> you know how things change. So yes, uh, I appreciate you asking. My role today is uh, on our product marketing team uh, with a focus on a lot of our uh, security products, uh, specifically uh, Citrix Analytics for security, uh, also do some, some app protection. Um, so yeah, really excited to talk about this new geofencing capability that we have available through Analytics for Security. What did we have you on for last time? It was uh, app protection? I think, I think app protection was the, the last visit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the good news is we've done so many of these, they're all kind of run together on me now, but uh, I guess you would say the, hit, the hits keep coming. So um, why don't you set us up by talking through the introduction here and, and the justification for why it was important to write this blog? Yeah, so we hear from you know a lot of our customers as they incorporate uh, more things out of just straight you know, virtual apps and desktops into their workspaces. So things like SaaS and web apps, um, different file repositories, you know, whether it is uh, an on-prem file server that's you know been part of the company for 20 years, whether it's a new Dropbox account or a, a legacy SharePoint, they're incorporating more and more things uh, into into their workspaces. Um, and what we see is when they haven't put them into their workspaces, uh, that they are uh, requiring their employees to, to use different usernames and passwords because they haven't put SSO into place yet. Yeah. Uh, and we know when when uh, we're required to use a, a you know a, a different set of credentials for a service, we tend to get a little bit lazy. So we might use the same username and password, or we might use something that is really easy to remember and not complicated. And you right. know, as I mentioned in the blog, uh, a lot of us don't even try to make it hard on the attackers. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six. 
uh, was the most common password of 2020. And obviously, when we have these uh, credentials that are easy to guess, uh, the attackers can can make those guesses and get access to an account and really kind of uh, wreak havoc uh, for an organization uh, once they do um, get access to those accounts. They can perform privilege escalation attacks uh, and really get access to some sensitive information and data that the company has uh, um, stored in the in those accounts. Yeah, this this is really timely. I had one of my uh, sales guys reach out to me Friday and say they had a customer conversation and the customer said they no longer needed Citrix. They were moving to mostly SaaS apps. And in the meantime, they were going to leverage VPNs plus the SaaS apps. And I'm and he's asking me, so what do I say to this guy? And I'm like, well, I mean, there's so many reasons why you still would want right. to add Citrix and Workspace. And I do want to ask you about Okta here in a minute because they seem to be a company that's doing some of the same things, but don't have all the all the pieces of the portfolio Citrix has. I kind of like to compare that. But um, SaaS, that's, that's where you guys know your future is while still being able to host and do special things for those x86 scenarios as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Obviously that, you know, the, the, the world is, is moving to SaaS. Um, and, you know, we know from experience that there are some organizations that might be wall to wall and every and every user inside the organization is using a virtual desktop, but the reality is it's, um, it's not going to be wall to wall for, for most customers. So, uh, but we do know that, you know, SaaS and web apps uh, are something that are used by almost hundred percent of employees. Uh, so having, you know, solutions that not only, easy access, you know, by, by consolidating them all um, and organizing work and putting into workspace to, to reduce the context switching and, and making life easier on the productivity side for these employees, but then also adding that layer of security, um, you know, whether it's single sign-on from Citrix or from Okta, um, but then also just adding some of the, the different capabilities, whether it's through SIA or, um, you know, secure workspace access or Citrix analytics really can provide that defense in depth and, and help um, our customers really secure their workspaces. Yeah. So if you had to simplify and put it in three buckets, one is ease of access and accessibility by the end user. The other is security in multiple aspects. And the other is uh, performance analysis all along the way that pretty much sum up what Citrix is trying to do inside the x86 world and outside of it with all the SaaS plays. Yep. I think that's a great summation. Yeah. Hey, Ben, before we jump in to the actual guts of the blog here, any uh, anything that you're seeing out in the field that kind of highlights why this is important? Well, of course. I mean, one thing that we talk to customers about is, is, you're, is you're absolutely correct. Customers, when they first think of SaaS, they think of not needing Citrix. And what we come back and you know make them realize is that when you do SaaS, you do have a certain level of loss of ownership. You know, I mean, you can have roles inside the SaaS, the SaaS application, but what you can't do is, is sometimes you can't limit how people can access that. So in a lot of scenarios, what we talk to customers about is, you know, allow us to help you maintain control. Allow us to, you know, keep from data being copied from one application to another. Allow us to work with you, and we're going to talk about some of the geofencing capabilities of, of our application, but allow us to also work with the SaaS vendor to geofence them so that they can only be arrived from certain Citrix locations. And so we really have the conversation of application ownership and how that shifts in a SaaS world and how our product set allows you to kind of maintain some of that as you move forward. Yeah. I think one thing I would add to that too, Andy, is that for most SaaS applications is uh, all they can really give you insight into is the usage for that specific SaaS application. Whereas if you're delivering them all through um, Workspace, you know, we're now able to give you 
uh, insights into the usage of all those SaaS applications, all of the different file repositories. We have insights into devices. We have insight into networks. And we can really create a profile that gives that holistic 360-degree view of what is happening with a specific user. And then, of course, we can detect anomalies and um, you know, take uh, automated action to, to prevent any data loss. Um, and that really just gives us a clear advantage over all these individual SaaS providers who, like I said, can only give you that really narrow view of what's happening with that specific application. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all the other SaaS providers, they're in it for themselves, right? They're not in it for right. holistically across the organization and what you might need to pull out of it from ease of access, security, performance, and possibly other things. Uh, Bill Sutton, any thoughts on I, the idea of SaaS and geofencing before we, well, SaaS just in general and its adoption rate in the field? Well, I, yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, I've never, ever used the same password across multiple websites. Never. <laughs> um, I'm sure we, none of us on this call have ever done that, right? So I'm not going to lie. I've done that today. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I won't lie either. I've done it and I continue to do it, which isn't smart. But nevertheless, um, I think, you know, when you start talking about a SaaS world and how Citrix plays into that, I think Ben brought up some good points, but when you're looking at security anyways, I mean, really what the, the workspace concept gives you is security from the edge. And now with geofencing and some of the analytics, it gives you security all the way in and visibility. So like you said, Andy, you know, the, the SaaS vendors, they're, they're fine if you set up a username and password for each user separate. Um, but we know that federating through a single single authentication source, couple that with uh, with the concept of MFA and geofencing, you've got all the security you need right there to secure access to your SaaS apps. That user leaves the organization. You don't have to worry about resetting or disabling a password or an account in that SaaS app. You just disable their access to the workspace and you're that's done. That. That's the that's the, the beauty of it. One of the beauties of it. Right. Hey, Ben, I think you well, might see, have... That, 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 yeah, that brings me to, you know, you almost have a fourth pillar in this, Andy. You know, you were talking about the three different buckets of things you would accomplish here. The ease of management. And that's one of the things we also talk to organizations about is that, you know, if you can limit the the security products to just a couple, then you have a better pane of glass at looking at what those products are doing with each other. So in a sense here, you know, we're going to make it very easy to handle the authentication piece, the access piece. You know, geofencing is getting real strong right now. So it's just really how many panes of glass do you want to look through to be able to give a comprehensive security program? And I think that's one of the things that our company delivers very well. One stat in this document that just kind of shocks me being a former director is 88 applications. Imagine what kind of demand that puts on the back end of this, on the administrators, the software owners that just have to manage that alone. Now, granted, not every user uses all these apps, so not one single user uses 88 apps, but IT departments are having, to are having to manage those many apps. That's a large number of applications for any organization to manage. It's, it's not possible. One point I just want to revisit to that, that Bill made that I think is, is super important was, and is a great thought is, um, is the concept of offboarding. Because when you look at, um, you know, the way that we talk about employee experience and getting and onboarding employees and getting them access to everything that they need to, to start off their, you know, kind of experience with, with the company as an employee and the importance of that. And that certainly is a, a critical time for, for each employee as they join a new organization. I don't think we talk enough about offboarding and 
the implications that has on, on security though. And um, really being able to have that, that single point where everything gets shut off with just a single click of a button instead of having to go through this laundry list of, of applications and, and file repositories that you need to shut off access to for a specific employee um, because you know that person might be disgruntled. It might be a sales rep who's going to a competitor and can now pull a, a customer list or a uh, a product roadmap or, and, and walk it across the street to a competitor. It, it is a really uh, important part of, of that employee life cycle. Uh, and, you know, cutting off that access to them as, as they leave is, is just something that I think gets a little overlooked sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to, we could spend the whole conversation talking about the security <laughs> elements of security analytics and other pieces, but let's jump into the concept of geofencing because that's, one of many areas that uh, really makes it dynamic and really makes it super viable when you layer it in with all the other stuff. But if you just have an idea where your user should be or where they normally are, all of a sudden you have a lot of control over, over who's going to be accessing your content, whether it's x86 or SAS. Eric, you want to start off uh, this section here where it talks about password fatigue, puts your company at data risk, which I, I think we kind of have talked about it, but specifically yeah. sum this up. Yeah, I think yeah we've obviously touched on it, but just to kind of put a, a bow on it, you know, when when there is a um, a data breach at a company that may not be yours, and those uh, records get exposed and put on the internet for for sale, uh, that puts your company at risk, especially if uh, your users are you know taking that unfortunate step of of reusing passwords and, and usernames across services. So if there's a, a breach at an unrelated company, and now I can take that same username and password and stick it into your system. And now I've got access to it because those um, credentials were duplicated. Huge problem for, for an organization. And you might have taken every step possible to protect yourself. Uh, but because an unrelated company got breached, you are now in, in danger of a, of a breach of yourself. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's just another thing to think about and another thing to, to protect against. You know, you've got to protect against other people's carelessness and, and weaknesses, not only your own. Yeah, I mean, truth is, a lot of people get hurt as an innocent bystander, and in, in lots right, of that. Exactly. Uh, Bill, Bindi. so Eric, you you said Eric, you said a lot there that I want to make sure I understand, and I, and I I I guess our listeners will also be in the same boat. So, one of the things you just said that's super powerful is if you're not having a single authentication mechanism like Citrix Workspace the potential of the danger of this is that one SaaS vendor gets hacked. They gain the credentials of an employee. A very good percentage is that that employee credential could now be used in other SaaS applications that this particular customer is using. Is that, is that what you're describing here? Yeah. So if we just kind of revisit what we're talking about at the top with, um, you know, the password fatigue, because you're requiring people to, you know, use 10 different SaaS apps to, to get work done. And I can't remember 10 unique usernames and passwords. So I just reuse those usernames and passwords across all those services. So now uh, SaaS provider one has a data breach. I've effectively exposed my credentials to all the other SaaS applications that I use uh, across my my company um, because I've been reusing those credentials. So um, because that that one company had a, had the uh, the breach, you, you've opened up the the entire uh, stack uh, to the attacker. So it really is up to organizations to to figure out how to protect against that um, because of of that unrelated breach. And as Andy mentioned, you know there's going to be some innocent bystanders um, that fall victim to that uh, because of the the the, the password fatigue and the reuse of passwords across different services. Did that answer your question, Ben? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just sitting here thinking of two things. One, that vulnerability, and then also the vulnerability that Andy mentioned when somebody leaves the organization. How many you know boxes are you going to have to go check to turn them off? So, I mean, just the management fatigue that you could have with some of this is just incredible. Yeah, for sure. Well, that so actually, Bill was the one that talked about that. What I brought up was it's unmanageable. I mean, you get more than one or two SaaS apps in the mix with potentially hundreds, if not thousands, of employees. It's you can't protect. It's like trying to you know, it's trying to prevent people to come across the uh, U.S. Mexico border. You 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 almost can't do it. You've got to find ways just to be smart about it. Minimize risk. That's the key. Well, let's talk, Eric, specifically about what you guys are doing with geofencing with Citrix Analytics uh, for security adds a layer of defense like we were just talking about. Let's let's minimize the risk and let's look at the things that obviously are jumping out at us as things that don't appear to be right. And we should either at least expose them or do something about them. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. So. You know, a lot of our customers are implementing these, these zero trust models uh, when it comes to security. And we really do think that security analytics is a, is a key component of any zero trust model or any zero trust architecture that, uh, that a customer might be putting into place. And with the zero trust model, we're, we're going to treat every user, every device, application, every access request as a, as a potential um, uh, threat. And until somebody verifies who they are and that they should have access uh, to, those, um, to those resources, we're going to treat them uh, as hostile. And, um, you know, because of that, we've got a lot of other, you know, great capabilities when it comes to detecting and preventing ransomware, uh, you know, obviously visibility and um, protection for remote workers has been a key topic uh, for the past year. Uh, but just these account compromise, it's really the kind of the cornerstone of, of what we're trying to uh, protect against and, and make sure that our, our customers have visibility into those uh, Account compromise those requests that might lead to account compromise, identifying them and then just putting a, a stop to them, and, and you know preventing people from getting access to uh, accounts that they shouldn't have access to. So with these uh, geofencing restrictions, it's fantastic because it's going to go across three different services. So it can go across gateway, uh, it can go across content collaboration, and then also virtual app. And desktops. So, anytime a user uh, is going to initiate an access request to any one of these uh, three different data sources or, or services, uh, we are going to look at where that user is initiating that request from. And for a lot of organizations that might just be located to a specific country, two, three countries, uh, we can just implicitly deny access requests that are coming from outside of those countries. And, that, and that's another um, you know, key cornerstone of a lot of zero trust architectures is that implicit deny. Uh, unless you prove that you are somebody that, that should have access to it, we are just going to say no to everything else. Uh, and then geofencing is, is a great way to do that. Because as I mentioned, if you've only got employees in the United States, turn everybody else off. Uh, nobody else need, needs access. So just um, deny those requests. You know, And as I mentioned in the blog, uh, it's been shown that 30% of, of cyber attacks are originating in, in China or Russia. So again, if you don't have any employees, any partners, any customers in those countries, no reason anybody should be, uh, you, you should be granting access to anybody initiating a request uh, from, from one of those countries. The other thing I'll, I'll quickly mention too is, um, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, capabilities within security analytics that are related to machine learning and, and automation, um, artificial intelligence. And I think for customers that might live outside the enterprise, that stuff feels really inaccessible to them. It's, it's something that is for, for big organizations and something that they can't leverage. That really couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, one of our, our customers, uh, Kaizen Approach, 
smaller company, a couple hundred employees, and they've been using analytics for security. And um, one of their employees actually, uh, they only have employees in the United States. One of their employees actually went outside of the United States and tried to access file in content collaboration uh, and their request got denied. And they called the help desk and said, I can't get access to my account. Why is that? And they um, did a little investigation and they found that the person was outside of the geofence and that was the reason the, the request was being denied. So, you know, this company with only a couple hundred employees now leveraging um, machine learning and, and uh, you know, automation uh, to add that layer of security. And it really kind of makes them feel like a, a big company with a lot of resources to be leveraging these tools when the reality is, is again, this is really accessible to everybody through a tool like uh, security analytics. Yeah, I, I love that. I had a... Um... A family event this weekend with my brother-in-law there and they're not using any of this stuff they're a small smaller construction firm and um you know my my comments to him was you've got to have you can't just buy a piece of software and think it's going to lock it's going to monitor your environment you got to have a team monitoring your environment and you need to change the way you approach your environment to begin with absolutely no reason for anyone outside of the united states to be accessing their system if they just turned that on they would have uh, not uh, had a data breach that they had a month ago oh wow Yep. Yep. Uh, ben, um, you're a big fan of the security side of um, what Citrix is doing. Thoughts on the geofencing piece? I think the technology, it, it definitely has a place. You know, I used to have to do this when I was at CNSA and where I would get in a in kind of a bad scenario with this is when physicians would go travel, like the employee that went to a, you know, went on vacation to another country and was trying to get back in. You know, we would have to work with the physician's assistants to go, you know, when they're leaving, we need to know where they go so we can open up that access. Uh, Eric, I am curious, you know, because this is a fairly new feature of ours. How granular can we get with this? Is it based solely on country or are we doing anything with longitude, latitude settings? I mean, how specific can we get with this? Yeah, so right now it's, it's at the country level. Uh, but to your point, I think that we do want to get a little bit more granular with the controls. And, you know, this is the V1 uh, version of, of geofencing. So we are, you know, continually looking at ways that we can enhance this. And, and, and as I mentioned, get a little bit more granular. Uh, but for this initial release, it is at the country level. And guys, does this uh, require I know. The, the workspace uh, as your single point of entry? Or can you also leverage uh, on-premises gateways in conjunction with the workspace and still do this? Yeah, you can le leverage the, the on-premises gateway and on-premises uh, virtual ops and desktops as well. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Sorry, I interrupt you. No, I mean, I, we've introduced this. You know, I'm, I'm uh, in a healthcare specialty right now, and so we've introduced this to some healthcare customers. And one of the comments that I've heard with this, that what, what some administrators would like to do is they would like to have it when people walk off-site. So when they're in the four walls of the building or they're in the latitude, longitude, geofence, allow them to have access. But when they leave that facility, let's clip that access on certain devices. And I think I think that's, you know, an incredible security play. And, you know, we'll get there one day. But I was just wondering if we had the capabilities of going that granular. It sounds like we're building towards that. But today it's simply based on country ID. But there's a lot that that can be done with this as we move you know, in the future, and man, customers are already starting to think about ways that they can do this and how they can protect their environments. And, you know, some employees would be allowed on-site access. They go off, they're clipped. Others go off, they might have it, you know, 
reauthentication in some ways. So it's just really neat to see how we're getting in and we're tightening the noose on some of these these uh, arenas. Yeah. Hey, Bill, um, give you a chance to chime in. Yeah, about uh, six or so years ago, I worked did some work when I was back in my consulting days. I was uh, working for a healthcare organization, putting in what was then known as Zen Mobile. And we had uh, divide, the, the healthcare organization had iPads that they gave to certain clinicians. And to your point, Ben, we were able to sell geofence parameters on them. So if those devices left the perimeter of the healthcare facility, uh, it turned off the network. It, well, first thing it did was it notified the admins and then it would provide a message on the device that said, you're outside of the range and it would disable the Wi-Fi. So the capabilities there, um, you know, it, it's been there in the mobile device management arena for a while. But back to the uh, the concept of being able to identify based on locale versus country, I, I can tell you who's great at that right now. And that's if you have a Major League Baseball television subscription and you're in market trying to watch a game, it knows you're in market. Yeah. 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 These are very common concepts in today's online experience uh, and bringing that to your application world, specifically in this case, the SaaS world, uh, in yeah. addition to the x86 world that Citrix has you know, been known for for years. I think those are those are no brainers, right? Get a way to consolidate all your um, SaaS and x86 apps into a single yeah. portal. Get a way to to manage and monitor the user experience, which is part of the performance piece. And oh, by the way, if you can just automatically eliminate. 95% of the world from even getting your stuff. That's a heck of a zero trust. Uh, so that's a huge win. And then the ability to say, Hey, if you're coming in from across the country, when you're not normally you're working from there, maybe instead of denying you, I, I require you to MFA or something along those lines. Well, that was going to be my next question for Eric. Eric, is, is there a play here where you can, you can allow them access, but you can require a little bit of extra identif identification before you let them in? Yeah. So to go back to the example that I uh, that I gave before, where the the access was denied and actually initiated a, uh, a help desk call, that's actually not an ideal scenario where, where somebody is calling the help desk just because that we know that you know help desk calls have a hard cost associated with them. So this is not something where we want to be tying up a help desk agent or, or creating that cost. Uh, so as a as a direct result result of that, we've actually created these um, initiating an end user response if there is an access request from outside of the geofence. And that's going to come in way of an email uh, that's delivered directly to the end user. And uh, from there, that, that person will be able to see that the details of that access request. And if it was indeed them, they can actually click on a, a link that's uh, in the email to say, yes, that was me. And we will actually grant them access uh, to their workspace. Um, these emails are also customizable. Uh, another piece of feedback that we heard directly from our customers was uh, the, the first version of this end user notification that we sent look a little uh, fishy. Uh, so a lot of our use, uh, customers are, are going a long way to train their end users about phishing attempts and not to click on suspicious links. Uh, so we're actually enabling our customers to customize their, their emails uh, so it does look more um, like you know on brand for the company and, and looks uh, more like something that they should know that it's okay to click. Uh, so these end user notifications are fully customizable by the customer to really kind of give their users um, that sense of, of it's okay to, to respond to the specific email. Yeah. No, it's great. And of course, it, uh, just one more thing. Sorry, Andy. So if, if they don't respond to that, or if I get this email and I say, man, this, this wasn't me, I can actually click on a link that says I did not initiate this request. Uh, and that can actually kick off some automation on 
the back end for, for security analytics as well. Of course, that you know access is going to be denied. Uh, it's going to notify the administrator. We can then place that user in a watch list to really kind of keep an eye on what they're doing. So there are some of those automation capabilities that do come with uh, security analytics that are part of that if it is an unauthorized request. I had the craziest thing last night. Uh, my son bought something for $20 online or wanted to. And before the transaction would go through, they did a small transaction of 91 cents, which was taken off of the $20. And I had to go out to my uh, my my credit card site and I had to tell them how much, like they didn't tell me how much they took off the bill. Hmm. They charged a minor amount under $2. And I had to go tell them how much it was they charged me to validate that I was me and they were them. It was crazy, but it was good. It's clever. It's clever. You know? It was so good. I thought somebody was attacking me, which <laughs> maybe they will now, but it was that good. Well, guys, I, I think we've covered it. I, I think Citrix continues to take data and makes the data valuable and makes it consumable and makes it easier to implement around. Uh, you know, I got exposed to this about two years ago and what Citrix was planning to do, to be honest. I, I thought it was a little impossible, but now that I see the, the actions start to come out of what Citrix has with these performance and security analytics, that data, uh, it, 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 like this one, is a no-brainer. And just for, for anyone that might be listening that is a Citrix Analytics for Security customer, this feature is now generally available. Uh, if you are an active customer, you can go turn it on today uh, in your account. So definitely encourage everyone to go uh, check it out if you, if you are a current customer. If you want to try it out, we encourage you to, to do a uh, free trial of Security Analytics. So you can request that right from your Citrix Cloud account and we'll give you 60 days of free access. You can connect all your different data sources and, and kick the tires on this uh, and see it in action for yourself. So definitely encourage everybody that's listening to, to go do that. And, and Eric, if you're not a current Citrix analytics, security analytics customer, you can still go evaluate it under a 30-day trial or something, right? 60-day. Yeah, 60-day uh, trial license. Yeah, and, and just go uh, from your Citrix Cloud account. There will be a tile for analytics in there, and you can just go click that button that says request a trial, and, and we'll provision it for you in no time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ben Rogers, I know you're a technology security nut, and I mean that in an endearing way. Um, any <laughs> what we've covered here, additional pieces? No, I agree. I think this is great stuff. I just, uh, you know, I want to see it continue to get more granular. Like I said, I've got customers asking me about being able to, you know, lock people out of buildings when they walk off. So customers are definitely paying attention to this. Uh, this is definitely where the market's moving. It's just interesting to hear, you know, the, the kind of things they want to do. And I look forward to the product being able to do this. So I think this is a great first step. You know, I'm able to go in and go, if you don't have any business outside the United States, let's lock it down, make it to only U.S., and then as we get more granular with it, I mean, again, I've got customers that like to lock people out as soon as they leave the building. So a lot of uses for this, really excited about the product set. I see it getting better all the time. I mean, uh, I believe at some point we're going to have to change it from analytics to remediation because now we're starting to be able to, you know, Eric's talking about if they answered back a certain way with these notifications that we're sending, there'll be remediative action on the back end. I mean, this is really getting to a management platform and uh this is just exciting man it's good to see happening and i'm excited for our customers to embrace the technology hey ben this may come off a little cheesy but i'll try it anyway do you have to be you have to outrun the bear or do you have to outrun your friend who's also trying to run from the bear <laughs> <laughs> i think you got to do both <laughs> you have to outrun your friend i, I, I really do but what i'm getting at here is at least make it hard for the attackers let them go attack the guy who doesn't have 
the automatic zero trust of anybody outside the United States. Let, let, let them see you realize that you're not going to be easy and move on to the next guy. The problem with that, Andy, is that you run out of friends eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that may be true. <laughs> Got a bunch though. Let's, let's get through a little bit. Get a, you get my point. All right. Um, Bill Sutton, well, before we, uh, let us go here. Any other thoughts? No, I agree with Ben. I mean, everything he said, I'd love to see the uh, innovation here. And, you know, this, this is, I think the natural evolution of, as we move things to the cloud is, is the ability to collect data and to get metrics on users and where they are and what their behavior is. And then the ability to take that data and, and um, leverage it for good. I think that's a, you know, definitely a positive. And I look forward to what this is going to, you know, how this is going to evolve over time and bubbling up additional features, um, you know, in the product. Well, you said something key there, leverage it for good. I mean, there's plenty of data on you and others being leveraged for bad. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's use it for the good too. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ben, I think you might've been saying something to cut you off. No, I mean, just, just the other piece of this is that, you know, to Bill's point and to Eric's point that the more Citrix you own of this, and I'm not trying to do a sales pitch, but it just makes this window. So, you know, Bill was talking about that we do have some granular uh, geofence policies inside of our uh, endpoint management products. Well, when you start to backbone those endpoint management products with some of the power of this, I mean, you really do get a comprehensive solution that can protect the organization and protect the users and make the users feel like that when they do have access that they're they're doing the right thing. So again, just the the complete window that you can get with this product portfolio is really awesome and fascinating sometimes to me. Yep. You know, it's somewhat tied to security, but the idea that I buy so much stuff from Amazon these days, the fact that I know I can easily return something and I know where I'm going to go to find that return slip. I know where I'm going to go if I need to reorder something from six months ago, even though I can't remember the name of it. That's the idea of taking the data that's now all piled up in one place and making my life better. Uh, and that's what Citrix is doing here. They're, they're taking data and making it so where we can now act on it the way we need to and quickly. Hopefully that, hopefully I didn't stress that one too far. That made sense. Anyway, uh, Eric, before we let you go, what's, uh, what's going on next? When, when can we have you back with, you want to give us a teaser on what the next thing you're going to write about is, or you probably already have actually. We got some good stuff coming with, uh, the access insurance dashboard, which is, uh, directly related to this, this geofencing capability, which is going to provide some great visualizations of these access requests. Uh, so let's, um, let's reconvene when, uh, when we get to those. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate you joining today. Always a good time. Always a good conversation. Ben, Bill, likely uh, also. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Eric, Bill, Ben.